Good morning, Hill City Church. Welcome to uh, online service, New Year's Eve. So glad that you can join us. And uh, it's crazy because life moves so fast. I can't believe that it's already 2018, just tomorrow. And there's so many things that happened this year and, and things we want to accomplish and experience. But there's also areas of our life that we wish we paid more attention to. Uh, like, like for me, it would be like Bitcoin. I wish I was an early adopter of Bitcoin. I'd be uh, filthy rich right now. If we knew that it would grow 8,000% this year, we would invest it. But it, just like things like that, I wish that I would done other things this year. As a church, I wish we would have went on a foreign mission and the things that we wanted to accomplish that we wrote down that we didn't quite get to. But I bet you feel the same way. There's a lot of things we wish we could have done but didn't accomplish. And uh, it was either hard to do or we had, uh, we had uh, things coming against us, that uh, a timing issue. Uh, but there's things in areas of our life that we wish we could have matured or changed or accomplished in 2017 that we didn't quite get to. And I know that it's true that we're not where we used to be, but I can tell you I'm not fully where I want to be as a follower of Jesus, as a parent, in different relationships. Maybe you feel like that as a student or a business owner financially, and the list can go on. But for some of us, it's more than things we didn't accomplish. For some of us, for 2017, maybe it's 2016, maybe it's 2015, maybe it's 2014, but you feel stuck. You feel like you're going through the same motion year after year after year, and you're frustrated that life seems like it's passing you by. And that's why today I want to talk to you about one word that I think is really important for us to understand. It's the word resilience. You find it all over the Bible with the word perseverance or diligence or even like toughness. But what is resilience? Because I believe resilience is the difference between accomplishing and wishing. Accomplishing and wishing. Resilience is the ability to recover quickly from difficulty. It's toughness. It's perseverance. It's diligence in spite of difficulty uh, and, and the delay of achieving success. And the enemy of diligence and resilience is this. It's the word quitting. Quitting, right? I look back at my life and there's things I regret things that I've done wrong. But the things that I regret most are the things I believe I didn't do because it was hard to do or it was difficult. All the things that could have been if I wasn't so afraid, if I wasn't so lazy or, or easily persuaded. I think of small areas like quitting piano at the age of seven. I know it doesn't seem like much, but then I quit AP uh, history in high school and I quit the, uh, the baseball team and I didn't try for this. I remember in my, in my 20s, my early 20s, I had an opportunity to get my investment license as a young 22-year-old, or I believe I was 22, 23. But as I was doing it, it got so hard and difficult and I quit. It's not 
that I quit or you quit this or that. I think some things need to be quit. You know, we need to quit like drinking too much. We need to quit some things in our lives. But I quit and I allowed a cycle of quitting in my life. And when times got hard, I trained myself to lack resilience and it became my default. I don't know about you, but just what if I stayed the course, finished strong, and saw the long-term outcome instead of inconvenience? But one thing's for sure, resilience is the character trait we must have in our lives. And look what the Bible says. I'm going to read to you. Proverbs 13:4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Proverbs 12, 24, the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put into forced labor. That one's a tough one, right? James 1, 12, blessed is a man who remains unwavering under trials for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. So I'm not here, I'm not here, just listen, I'm not here to condemn us, but I want to encourage us because we serve a God of second, third, fourth, fifth chances. The life and ministry of Jesus proves to us as long as you are breathing, it's never too late to be who you might have been. Get up, dust yourself off, and by the grace of God, you can still be the person. You can still be the mom or dad. You can still be the husband or wife that you need to be. And yes, sometimes it's harder, but be resilient, leaning into the grace of God for us. You can restore that broken relationship. You can walk with Christ like you've never have before, but always wanted to and needed to for your family. You can be that spouse you need to be right now in the middle of Mary, maybe marriage counselor you're going through, or maybe in the middle of that anger that you have not dealt with. You could be the boss who brings life and peace to a workplace, the manager who manages well and is looked upon well. What I'm saying is with resilience and with God's help, things will change. Consider it halftime. It's the halftime of the game. And let your coach, Jesus, and I can be assistant coach, and that's what I'll be, and let us speak over you to get back in the game, awaken the giant within you. Your greatest contribution might be in the second half. See, on February 5th, 2017, the score was 28-3. to The Atlanta Falcons were beating the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. The, Atlanta, the, the players of Atlanta were already celebrating in the sidelines. All the momentum were on their side. And there was only a little bit over a quarter and a half of time left. But something rose up. I say it's Tom Brady. But something rose up in the Patriots that said, we ain't going out like that. And in a little over a quarter, the Patriots came back to give the Falcons a whooping at the greatest upset in Super Bowl history and won 34-28. to On August 31st, 2011, there was a woman who stepped on the stage of Britain's Got Talent. She was booed. She was made fun of. She didn't look the part and didn't have the right personality. People gave up on her before she even began. But she didn't care. And she began to sing, blowing the judges away. 
and the crowd got on her side, becoming a record-breaking artist around the age of 50 was Susan Boyle. May 10th, 1994, there was a man named Nelson Mandela at the age of 76 was elected president of South Africa, even after serving time in prison, facing this system of racial segregation, he still became president. And I was thinking about other people in the Old Testament named Caleb, one of the greatest champions of the second half. He said, give me the hill country. I'm 85 years old, but I'm as strong as those who are 45. And he made his most valuable contributions to his people and to his God in the second half of the game. Eli, an Old Testament priest, he miserably failed as a father and a spiritual leader in, 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 to Israel. And you could find this in 1 Samuel. This dude should have been fired, but something happened in his life that the Bible doesn't really describe. All we know is that God used this man to disciple a young boy named Samuel. And it was, if, as Eli said to himself, I've blown everything else in my life. I'm not going to blow this opportunity. Under Eli's care, Samuel grew up to be one of the greatest prophets in the history of Israel. It was all done in the second half. And I know some of you guys are very young in this room. And I'm not saying it's a, it's a thing about age. And it has nothing to do with that. But it is what we perceive and believe about our situation and our life. What can't be done instead of what can be done. It's never too late to be who you might have been, who you need to be. Don't let what has been your past determine what will be your future. We might currently look at our lives and see wasted opportunities in parenting, work, school, relationships, and our walk with God. But I need to tell you, the Christian worships a God who can and does take the life of any person. He turns it inside out and uses them for the glory of God and for their joy. And I love what the writer of Hebrews writes in chapter 12, and he shouts it from the rooftop, and he says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and these great cloud of witnesses, he's talking about all the people, all the messed up people in the Bible that God chose to work through for his glory and for their joy. He writes, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles and let us run with perseverance, with resilience, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the writer of our stories and he's just begun. It's not dependent on age or situation or class or where you think you are. And then he finishes, who for the joy set before him, this Jesus' joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He sat at the right hand of the throne of God. And he, the writer says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Consider Jesus when you need someone to look to or think about when you are, are, are really going through a hardship. This Jesus came down from heaven who was all God and faced everything we faced. And he took on our lives and he took on our sin at the cross to redeem us back to him because we couldn't get to him. So he came to us while we were haters of God, while we didn't love Jesus, while we didn't even think about him. That's resilience. 
He cared and he thought about us. He thought of the long term when we weren't even thinking about it. But resilience needs a plan. Take some time to plan and think and pray. Maybe alone, maybe with a mentor, maybe with a spouse. Figure out the five most important activities that if you did them this year, that you would work on them every week, maybe even every day, you write them down. And, and if you did these five things, it would improve your life. Proverbs 17, 24 says, an intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. So I just say five things that need to change. Five actions that if you did every day would change your life. I say what you do every day is your future. See, good ideas will never change your life until they become good actions. You can want to be a better father. I, and this is true about me. I can want to lose weight or eat healthy. We can want to be financially savvy or invest or uh, save money. But what are we actually doing? What we, the five things that we do every day is our future. And for me, this is so important. I need to set time out, set side, a time apart, make a holy time. That's what holy means, to set apart, to pray every day. I know that sounds easy. You're a pastor. You should be praying every day. I know. I know. It sounds easy, but it's not. Life gets so busy and we get so distracted. But I notice this. When I pray, I'm kinder. I'm less stressed and I'm more aware of what God is doing and how God is leading me and leading our church. And I'm more aware of people. I think this is a must for every Christian. Serious about our time with God. Protect that time. Be resilient. Be resolute about your prayer with God. And I, I love this. To pray is to accept that we are and always will be holy and dependent on God for everything. I think this is a great place to start in 2018. I think this is a great place to start for you. Let's pray together and let, as we think and pray about our five. Heavenly Father, as we jump into 2018 tomorrow, I pray let us not... Lord, despair at the fact of 2017, 2016, 2015. Let us take, and we are breathing, we're alive, and let us take this moment that you have given us as a gift, Lord God, and let us do the five most important things that will make the greatest impact on our lives, on the kingdom of God, in the people around us, in our workplace, Lord. The five most important things that we need to do, not just what we want to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, and let's start off 2018.